0: You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast.
1: Dude, I haven't heard that in so long. Funny story about that in minute. Yeah. yeah? All right. So, um, you know, the pandemic happened. And right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, my, my PC died. Okay. That had all... Of the podcast stuff on it. Ugh. It basically bit the dust. And I, I wasn't really too worried about, um, you know, losing the podcast because I was never going to go back and like remix those or anything. Not a big yeah. deal. Well, the issue was though, the bumper okay. was on Bye-bye. the old PC. Oh, all right. And I'm like, what do I do? Uh-huh. Because... I'm going to have to find the original vocal track from the person I hired to do the voiceover and find the original music track as well. The music track is from a website called Audionautics. and this guy does all kinds of electronic music yeah. and provides it for free. Yeah. As long as you give him credit for it, you can use it. Nice. I didn't remember what the name of it was. Oh. <laughs> and he has thousands of songs to go through. So at first, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through all these <laughs> and try and find the yeah. song. And you know... After, like, a couple hours, I was like, yeah, no. Okay, can't oh. find the song. I'm like, D- what do I do? And then I I did find the original audio track of the lovely lady that did the voiceover for the bumper, but um, couldn't find the music. So I was like, oh, you shit.
0: recreated it from scratch.
1: So I did. <laughs> you what did? I, no <laughs> fucking no, no, way. No. Well, right. So what I did was I had to start going through all of our podcasts trying to find an episode that had an intro bumper that had no talking over it. Oh, shoot. Okay, we are notorious for talking over the bumpers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When we watch
2: movies here, we're notorious for talking over over the movies.
1: No, we don't. (laughs) No. So anyways, so I had to basically take a bumper from a podcast and edit it and create a new mp3 out of it damn so it's still kind of it it doesn't have the same audio quality as yeah um you know the original bumper because i you know i had to create it out of an mp3 so um yeah
0: well good job man it worked it works
1: i mean it did the trick and i guess that's all that really really matters at this Uh. point so <laughs> Unbelievably, this is episode 140. Right. Oh wow, that's kind of a lot. you know, yeah. I've said that a couple times. I'm glad we got it going. We've been trying to stick to the schedule, you know, which is nice. Um, we missed a couple weeks because I was in Florida and then we had a power outage and we couldn't yeah. do the Sylvester Stallone podcast yes. mm-hmm. which that sucked because uh, uh yeah
2: I, we'll get to it some other time
1: <laughs> <laughs> We will so. Yeah, that was a problem, too, because uh, I came down here, and because of the power outage, the computer shut down, and I lost all of the audio output settings. So I had to go back into Cubase. And and re-level everything. recreate everything again. But I've got a new template here, and I think we're good to go. So anyways, really quick, mention our sponsors, Dawn of the Collectors. Uh, check them out on Facebook. They do a monthly show downriver, Michigan, and also in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. And then, of course, the wonderful projectorscreen.com for all your home theater needs. So, Winning. wait, hold on. It. What was the first one? Dawn of the Collectors. What? Rudy. You know Rudy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Rudy, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, so uh-huh. Rudy does yep. martial
1: arts. He teaches He was classes. on a podcast. We did a yeah. podcast with him. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten really tight over time, and now he sponsors the show. Very and, cool. And we've done a couple of his toy shows we've gone and done live podcasts there. And uh, yeah, so he decided to throw in on the sponsorship money. Excellent. Thank so, you, Rudy. Yeah, thanks, Rudy. Um, all right. In news this week. Who's got the news ticker sound? Anybody? All right. In ding, ding, ding. news this week. Um ding, 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 ding. John Wick ding, four ding. like absolutely dominated the box office. Shocker. They made yeah, hundred thirty seven point two million dollars global. Shocker
2: face. Yeah. For an R-rated film, that's very impressive. It's
1: huge. It's great.
2: Keanu Reeves
0: is like the greatest thing of all time right now. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, he really is, for I, sure.
2: I've, I've been saying forever that Tom Cruise and Keanu need to do a movie together, just because you got two guys in their you know fifties and sixties respectively who can still hack it as action movie stars. Yeah, I think that would be a great
1: ticket item. Holy right
0: there. shit! Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be s- just print the money, man. Yeah, um, you should call it
1: Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, <Yeah>. Whoa. <laughs> They could bring Sylvester Stallone in too. Yeah. Hey Whoa. <laughs> I'm just gonna
2: sit. I'm just gonna sit over here and look intimidating. You know?
1: <laughs> um, and then Robert Downey Jr. has been cast in a remake of Vertigo. Kill me. Really? Why
2: are we remaking Vertigo now? I, I don't know. Who
3: does there a director? Why did you tie? say yes to this project?
1: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We're remaking Vertigo.
0: Is there a writer and director tied
2: to the project I'm yet?
1: not sure. I just read the news, kind of blipped over it the other day, and I was like, okay, I don't okay. really
2: care. Uh, no. Can't we remake movies that have good ideas that were executed poorly? Howard yeah. the Duck. There Howard the Duck. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Remake Howard the Duck. A deadly Friend. A deadly Friend. friend.
2: Yeah. Greatest head decapitation of all time ever put on film, but... <laughs> oh, man. The rest of that movie?
1: Yeah. Shit. Um... Jonathan Majors has basically just ended his career in one foul swoop. A bunch of assault charges came out, and now there's a bunch of people that have lined up and said that this has been notorious behavior with him for years. Ooh. Yeah, okay. it's not looking good for him. But again, Ezra Miller, same deal. So,
0: yeah, um, I I read just like a couple hours ago that there that um Jonathan Majors' defense attorneys. So, said that they believe charges are likely to be dropped and that all accusations are likely to be uh, revoked
1: on the one case, yeah. Okay, okay, no, I think there's there an article that Very Chris Jordan posted, and mm-hmm. there are multiple there's like eight or nine people in the article, all different people yeah. that have said since his inception as an actor in hollywood yeah this has been a known behavior of his and people don't want to work with him because he's so abusive and abrasive on set
0: Mm. i also read that too yeah there was a couple or i think one director i can't remember a b allen who something like that i'm sadly not familiar with but uh yeah they said uh that uh, it's about time, basically. <laughs> yeah. And kinda... that it's been going on for a long time, and he's always been a huge asshole, apparently.
1: It is crazy, because his career just blew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a phenomenal actor. He's great.
2: It, oh, yeah. He's, it's really sad. Well, it Man, sounds it's... like Creed Three was definitely in his comfort zone at this point. Yeah. So, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Zing! I saw,
1: I saw one thing that said, oh, well, he lost... In K- As Kang, he lost in Creed <laughs> yeah, 3, and yeah. now he's going to lose his what career, too. What do you think too?
0: they're going to do? Because I, I heard that uh, his scenes were already shot and finished for Loki Season 2. Do you think they're going to reshoot and do
2: all that stuff? I don't think uh, so. I mean, they've already built the next two Avenger movies around Kang as well. Yeah. So Very interesting.
0: I'm super curious as to what's going to happen with this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's kinda crazy, yeah, kinda kinda crazy, all right, let me get back into my notes here, and then, um, and other not so shocking news um Shazam two had yeah. like this like eighty percent drop off in its second week. it was already not doing well.
0: that might be the record biggest drop.
1: that's what they said do, uh, that it is the uh, second or third biggest d c drop also very in sad. history
2: <laughs> it's. It's a fun movie. I, I just saw it today, so it's yeah. very fresh in my mind. It's fun, but this was not the time to play things safe. This was the time to actually start taking some risks, and they played this movie so safe. It's a. That's it's what exactly it like. what a studio wants. They want a marketable, inoffensive, you know, fun ride that you can experience and then forget the second you leave the theater, and that's pretty much what it is.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... We talked about this for like five seconds last week. DC is such a mess right now. Yeah, like I'm just ready to kind of just, you know, be done until the reset happens. I don't really care too much about anything. Aquaman too. I'm just like, okay, whatever.
3: The new Joker movie sounds interesting though.
1: That may be, but that's like in that Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So
0: that's in I'm there with like Not interested in it. Yeah.
3: What, what what has you intrigued about Joker two? Oh, you're not interested in no. seeing it. Have you seen any pictures? from
0: the yeah i've seen some pictures yeah
3: i mean it's not a necessary project but neither was the the first joker so
0: of course yeah that just happened to be a huge surprise i really liked
3: the first joker
0: yeah but i I felt like when they announced this one i was like you this is unnecessary it's
1: yeah i mean cool i'll
0: I'll probably be in the theater anyway but (laughs) i'll definitely be uh yeah i'm i'm really apprehensive about it i'm not interested um i don't care uh same with shazam 2 and i yeah, love I the really first care. shazam movie yeah. do you like the first shazam movie yeah i, I liked it I a loved lot of, the first shazam i, movie. I thought it was yeah. one time when dc finally got it right heck yeah they did so. i really like the first shazam we uh re that one quite a lot uh if not once a year maybe every christmas because it's got that Christmassy vibe the family yeah. thing going on it's got
2: a good family feeling yeah kind of yeah it
0: I really love that movie quite a lot, and I think it looks great. It's got a cool look to it. And uh, as much as I love the first movie, I was so psyched to see the trailers for the second one. And as soon as they released those trailers, man, I was my my excitement went from like a 10 to like negative 10. Yeah, <laughs> like the complete opposite. I was like, this looks so painfully generic. Like they just totally phoned it in. It, it feels like. And I, I I'm sure I'll like the movie. I'm sure it'll be okay. But but the problem is I think their advertisement for this one is not exciting. It's not inspired,
2: and I feel like WB really didn't care. And that's I, really what it's lacking is the inspiration. <clears throat> is. Yeah. It still feels like DC is just kind of clawing at Marvel's heels. Like the the trailers for the Flash looks like, "Oh, this is DC's No Way Home."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think The Flash will be fun. But I'm kind of looking forward to that just for the, the reset value, like okay, we're done.
3: Now we can wash our hands of this and yeah, yeah, start fresh.
0: The Flash yeah. does look really good to me. That, on the other hand, I was like, holy shit, this looks really good. Yeah. Whereas the Shazam trailer is not at all the same. Uh, it just reaction. looked really flat to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it really did. It mm-hmm. looked really, really flat, really generic.
1: So, um, in new releases this week. I think is only the Dungeons and Dragons movie which mm-hmm. um kind of shockingly is getting absolutely phenomenal reviews. Like really? this thing is like I'm pretty sure close to 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Get that shock, Really? Trevor saw it and said it was great. He loved it. Okay. We got to get his review up on the site okay. tomorrow. Um so we'll be dropping that tomorrow so that'll be a good, you know, beginning of week review to have up. But Everybody is actually raving about this thing, saying it's oh, right. the first time they've very gotten it right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll uh, take it. Yeah, I mean, I'll you, take you're it, talking sure.
2: about trailers that seem very generic yes. and uninspired. The Dungeons and Dragons trailers looked very flat and uninspired. Yes. I, I agree. had no expectations. Yeah.
0: yeah. I do like Chris Pine a lot, honestly. I know there's. Probably I a Chris lot of Pine. Chris Pine haters. Yeah, but I, I'm one of the I few like Chris who's Pine.
2: I'm one of the few who's like, oh, yay, Kelvin timeline, and then everybody else is like, ah, can you call yourself a Star Trek fan, <laughs> dude? Me too. I, like I love it. the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, <laughs> I am perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Well, you know, they try to you know belittle different things. You got saved by a triple? That's stupid. It's a little more complicated than that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think they're fun movies, man.
1: <laughs> you know, and if you can't have fun with them, then what's the point?
0: Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of the motion picture, and I absolutely love that movie, and I feel yes. like it's oh, um, yes. criminally underrated, and it's probably my favorite Star Trek movie. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the
2: director's edition in 4K yeah. is just, mm, oh, she's kiss beautiful. <coughs> oh my lord, is it beautiful. Yeah, yes. It is gorgeous. It is absolutely one of the best 4Ks that, I've seen. That is sure. how you pay tribute to the best visual effects yes. artist who ever lived, by oh, making sure that his yeah. work stands the test of time. It's so good.
1: So suggested viewings this week. Um, I hmm. rewatched last night. Um, Bad times at the El Royale. Oh, really?
0: Because I've been that. thinking about rewatching that. It's so good. We Watched dude. that together at your place. Yeah, that's right.
1: It's so good, and the uh, the 4K disc looks it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely great great
0: neon yeah Yep,
1: all that fluorescent lighting yeah. in the colors and the sets and everything and mm-hmm. the um the violent scenes are just awesome so yeah that's the one that i watched like late night last night and was like yeah it filled some time and it's a good watch so what do you got jesse um well damn i don't know
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> What I've I could oh well let's just say what I've watched recently that I really liked um, after thirteen years I rewatched I think it's thirteen years now I rewatched Inception and uh, having a lukewarm initial reaction to the movie I absolutely loved it this time I really loved that movie a lot I thought it was effing awesome. Um, so rewatch Inception if you haven't seen it in a long time Uh, I just saw Blonde which I I was super surprised by
1: we talked about that yesterday yeah it
0: didn't or it was not at all what I was expecting it leans way more into the like Lynchian Aronofsky sort of like Black Swan Mulholland Drive vibe Mm -hmm. than like your straight up biopic Mm -hmm. and it was very surreal and trippy and incredibly intense and very disturbing um it was a terrible but good time uh the menu i was surprised how much i liked the menu was very fun Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for a good dark comedy the menu is a really tight little piece it's not like super amazing but i thought it was a very fun time Mm -hmm. yeah
1: cool andrew Um, what do you got
3: Uh, this is going to probably spur a couple of recommendations. I, I watched a documentary called You Don't Know Me, which is about the cult of showgirls and Paul Verhoeven's showgirls and how it was a uh, this $40 million NC-17 film that just completely crashed and burned at the box office, burnt, burned critically, did a lot of damage to the careers, and years later, I don't want to say got reappraised, but sort of, gained a new following, and now it has cult midnight showings, and it's been rebranded as a camp classic. So the documentary was sort of a investigation of how did this legacy come to be, and it, it, it's sort of like a... It makes a good companion piece to something like the best worst movie about Troll 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So...
2: Amazing how Kyle MacLachlan turned down being in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me because he didn't want to be typecast, but he said yes to showgirl. <laughs> That's right. He was in that. Yeah, he's in that. I that, totally that, forgot. That epic pool sex oh, scene. Oh, yes, it's I just, know the infamous, epic pool. Scene. The most unintentionally hysterical sex scene in the history of film. Yeah, that shit was ridiculous. Yeah.
1: We got busted a couple times by Google for that image. What? <laughs> on, our, on, our, on our article about it. <laughs> Wait, why? What happened? Because how the site's still on Blogger, we got a couple oh. notifications like we did oh, about boy. the image in the other one mm. because oh. it has the scene of Kyle McLaughlin in the pool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> with, with Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley having a seizure on his cack. Yeah. I know, dude.
0: <laughs> I barely remember that movie. I saw it like soon after it came out on disc maybe, and I, was, I didn't get it. Vinegar
3: Syndrome. I, I was just like, I don't understand this. I didn't enjoy it vinegar syndrome just announced a 4k uhd of it
2: yeah that's cool everybody got aids and shit edition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Everybody> got
1: AIDS. <laughs> oh. it,
3: is the movie any good um i think it's like a ken russell movie like ken russell's horror or uh okay music lovers where there's just something kind of body and yeah. brash about it like some of the over-the-top musical sequences i think of some of the opening sequences of the devils which we watched for the first time recently oh my lord
2: we did yeah the devils is a trip, man. Even if they are shot more like Sylvester Stallone staying alive. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true.
2: There's a, there's a humdinger. <laughs> don't get me started on Frank Stallone right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't actually don't ever get me started on Frank Stallone. Yeah, the point taken. Yeah. So what you
3: got
2: for us, Blake? What's your recommendation? Uh well, uh I think it was last weekend, weekend before I finally got to see Megan. Which I really enjoyed It It is a phenomenal commentary on parents letting devices raise their children I recommend it to anybody Anybody with kids needs to watch that movie And they'll think twice about buying them a phone or a tablet Mm. (laughs) And then uh, I think it was last weekend We actually sat down and watched Bruno Mattei's Hell of the Living Dead Oh dear lord Which is one of the most bombastically over the top Exploitative pieces of trash I've ever watched When did it come out? Um, it's an eighty-eight films four K release and mm. it was a I think it was released originally in around like nineteen eighty or eighty one. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's real
3: disgusting. I'm getting, I'm getting sick. Yeah. I'm getting sick thinking about parts. It
2: shamelessly lifts actual documentary shock footage. Like you literally like mondo see footage. real footage of uh, like an aborigine tribal woman eating maggots out of the empty eye
1: socket of a corpse.
2: Dude. And it lingers on it for about forty-five <laughs> seconds.
1: Like it's why am I mildly around? I thought
2: I was the only one. (laughs) Eighty a nineteen eighty. Yeah, just about that time period. I can't remember the exact year, but holy cow! When did the four K come out? Just uh, last month. Really? Yeah, within the last. And month. that's it was put out by 88 Films. 88 In Films. The UK. Yeah. I, yeah, I pre-ordered it through Diabolic DVD.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, curious
2: oh. to see what that'll look like. It was like free shipping of and save 10%. Pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he wanted something, and it was like free shipping, uh, you know, over and uh, 10% off if you <laughs> spend 50 bucks. So I was like, well, what else? I was gonna, Hell, The Living Dead on 4K. <laughs> was yeah, it,
0: why was not? Why not? Was it like a
2: real low budget
0: movie? What What was the
2: production like for that? Very low budget. It. They used, uh, they integrated a ton of stock footage. It, admittedly, better than most of the Italian films of its era. Okay, it actually kind of felt like there was a purpose to using the stock footage. But what it's notorious for is lifting not only the stock footage, but movie soundtracks from other better movies. It shamelessly rips off the score from Dawn of the Dead and Luigi sees Contamination. It uses music from both. Mm -hmm. And yet it posts an original soundtrack online. Like, there's no original music in this Uh, piece of shit. How do you release
3: something like that? I don't know. Well... They tried releasing <laughs> Cruel Jaws, and then they got a cease and desist order over very that kindly. one. So,
0: like, yeah. 88 films, do they have to get rights to those pieces of music to release this movie on I, I don't a disc know. or
3: something? Or do they replace the audio? I think they just put it out there until they are okay. to
2: take it off the shelves. I'm sure somebody yeah. wants to sue, but there's a long line of people they're yeah. going to have to wait behind. Okay, very
1: interesting. <laughs> All right. So, tonight we're <clears throat> talking about the career of, as Andrew informed us, Nicholas winding ruffin winding, winding. winding. Is, it is winding I, I don't know he said
2: winding in that documentary i'm saying just winding watched.
0: winding sounds stupid well so does winding i guess but it's he probably also more says, like winding or something like winding, that.
2: winding? yeah winding, ruffin. Ruffin. winding? yeah winding, ruffin. we should have found that out before we did this no it's okay I you know. <laughs> well i mean he, he it's like trying to figure out where tommy wiseau came from because yeah. you can't even get a straight answer out of the man himself so. i've right, heard he's right. polish you're Polish. I am, <laughs> but I've heard he's Polish, too.
1: <laughs> so from here on out, it will be NWR the rest of the yeah, We'll just do NWR okay, so NWR.
0: Fine. Can I just call him Nwer?
1: Yeah, Noir. Noir. What's up, Nwer? Noir? Noir. He'd be so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you calling me that? Newer. <laughs> I like your lighting. All right. I like your soundtracks. <laughs> so these first couple, Pusher, I'm not really familiar with the original, but I think... That's where we're starting, correct? Okay. 1996, Pusher. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it was 96? Yeah. So yeah for yeah. some reason, I thought those were earlier. So that's Pusher 1 came out in 96. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Very. I th- uh, yeah, I thought it was earlier. It was kind of like Aronofsky's Pie, very shoestring, very sophomore effort, and they were just sort of barely getting through this production. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was one of those low-budget starter pack movies that... Kind of put him on so, the map. Uh,
0: have you seen
2: Pusher, Blake? Yes, uh, just once. It was, it was quite a okay. while ago. Yeah,
3: same with me. <clears throat> so, I'm
0: my memory is really vague on Pusher. But I do remember really liking Pusher 1 and 2 mm. and uh, 3. I, I don't remember if i seen it or not. But the first Pusher, I remember being really impressed with um, his conservative budget and how... Just cool and impactful of a movie, it was even at a low budget. I remember it being a little intense, too. Yeah, it was very intense. Yeah.
3: Very early on, he was establishing his penchant for very realistic violence. Yeah. Which, yeah. Violence, by the fornicators Yeah. yeah which <laughs> set him apart from other filmmakers.
2: And I'd really like to rewatch those again. Yeah, there's something about the way that he films and builds up to violence mm. yeah. that really makes it hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, You're right. Especially in something like Drive, where most of the movie is not violent, but when that violence uh, yeah. comes. <laughs> oh, like boy, when yeah. Christina Hendricks gets her JFK haircut in that bathroom. A <laughs> <laughs> mm. little off the top, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was so oh, no. graphic. That was bad. <laughs> I was like, whoa, yeah. the whole thing. I'm going to hell for laughing at that. Every time I've seen that in a theater, I've seen it two or three times in a theater, that scene gets a huge verbal reaction Real, from the audience. Okay, every like, time. like uh, just a gaffs? Yeah, just like thing. a huge, like, like, whoa. Okay, okay. We yeah. just went from zero to 60 like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: because he uses the violence in bursts. Yes. Mm. It's for accents. It's not like, oh, we're just going to depend on violence the entire mm. movie to carry it. Right. It, it kind of reminds me like of like The Departed. Yes. You know, where okay, yeah. Leo gets.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. This is your floor, sir. Yes. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> or
3: uh, uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas when he opens up right. the door. Yeah. Oh, no.
2: Oh,
0: man.
3: Gets his head taken off.
1: So Pusher was 96, and then there was Pusher 2 and 3 in 2004 and 2005. Uh, oh, but, they were that
3: far apart.
1: Yeah, well, yeah the reason really? for
3: that. We'll get into the reason for that. Sure. Um, yeah. His next movie, which uh, I think you haven't seen it yet, but it was his second one was Bleeder, which was. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. About the group of friends that it reunited a lot of the cast members of Pusher, which included Kim Bodnia and Moz Mikkelsen. Moz Mikkelsen was really big in uh, the early Nicholas Finding Ruffin movies. Yeah, like everyone knows him as the main. Bond villain, or as... Le Chief. Yeah. Or as... Dude, he's he's so cool. Hannibal Lecter.
2: By far one of the coolest actors, for Mm -hmm. sure. But you have to be a very solid actor of inordinate presence to hold a candle to what Anthony Hopkins did as Hannibal Lecter but Miggleson easily is up there yeah the
0: Hannibal series one season one two and three are just pure Mm -hmm. gold man I love those
2: I I love the first episode when he you know he's talking with Will Graham and he's like to be truth be told I just don't find you that interesting (laughs) you will (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: so after Pusher he he did with Bleeder he was trying to make a semi-autobiographical movie about a group of friends that work at a video store and uh One of them is going to become apparent and starts going off the deep end, can't handle the pressure of it, and becomes more violent as time goes on.
2: Clerks by NWR. (laughs) Yes, pretty
3: much. Pretty much. Was it really? Yes, very much so. Oh. Especially since uh, NWR wrote the character of the video store clerk, played by Mods Mickelson, as this cool video store clerk, and Mods says to him, You're not that cool, Nicholas, and you. Made him into a dork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gave him a really oversized kind of fishing baseball cap. Good job.
1: I think me and you watched that, didn't we?
3: We did, yeah.
1: Okay. When yeah. did
3: Bleeder come out?
1: That was 1999.
3: Okay. All
2: right. It's
1: kind of crazy thinking that his career goes back this far. Yeah. Because yeah. it really feels like he's just been this presence like the last 10 or 12 years. Yeah, most
2: people mm. didn't know him before Drive. Right, Correct? right. I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, don't think I, so, anyway. I
1: really didn't either. That's
0: when what got my attention was drive. And yeah. it Bronson. didn't get my attention. Bronson was the first one Oh, I'm, yeah, oh Bronson, I'm sorry. Yeah. I did see Bronson first. Yeah, Bronson's um, great. But uh, drive was not interesting to me at first. The trailers were just really
2: boring, in my opinion. It's like they didn't know how to market it. Yeah, Yeah. they mismarked it. It looked (laughs) like it was going
1: to be a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it was originally developed as a Hugh Jackman vehicle that was going to be directed by Sean Levy, and then that got shaken up, obviously. Good. So. (laughs) Good. They did Real Steel, which is a good movie, but it's not Drive. And I like Hugh Jackman a lot. Yeah. um,
3: I'm happy Drive turned out the way it did.
0: So
1: Bleeder was 99.
3: And uh, his next film, Fear X. What year was that? Yes, two thousand three. Uh, two thousand three. Uh, Turturro. Uh, yes, John Turturro. Yeah. Uh, it was his first English language film, and it was uh, shot in the United States, and um, was co-written by Hubert Selby Jr., the author of Requiem for a Dream, and wow, Last Exit to Brooklyn. And it was one of his few screenplays, rather than you know a novel being adapted to right, film. Yeah.
0: Right. So totally original screenplay.
3: Totally original screenplay. Rad.
2: It is one well, hell of t- Okay,
0: movie. so d- he came up with this idea?
3: Uh, they did. Oh, together they did. Together they okay, did. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it did not make money. It uh, bankrupted NWR to the point where yep. he he owed, I think, like five... He was in the, in the negative by $5 million. And That's a lot of money, man. He had to resort to making Pusher 2 and 3 in order to rebuild his company Django star i think was the name of his production did it company. pay off it did he, yeah. he really so track. two
0: and three did okay then
3: yeah two and three got back on track
0: interesting i like two a lot uh especially with Miles Nicholson. and these were back to back
1: 2004 and 2005
3: yeah. yes
0: man okay so fear x uh i don't think i've ever seen it if i did i was really young when i see it and i can't remember it it's, it's
2: great Totoro's never been better yeah, it's yeah.
3: his only non-violent film. Like his films are characterized by okay. violence, and yeah, this one doesn't. This one doesn't have any in it. It alludes to it, but
0: uh, what's the genre? Uh,
3: psychological thriller, okay. I'd say.
0: Yeah, it's... you
2: really get into Totoro's head in that yeah.
0: one. Mm-hmm. But what is it?
3: I
2: don't
0: even know what Fear um, X
3: is.
2: Sophia X.
3: A man's uh, wife has been killed, and he's got. He's a security guard. And works at a mall and he's obsessed with these security tapes of uh, fr- surveillance footage tapes of his wife getting killed trying to piece together who was it who did it and it kind of becomes like aronofsky's pie where he's okay. chasing a goal that might not even actually exist okay the film doesn't really tell you so he
0: is kind of an he's obsessed over this and like drives him crazy probably something like that
3: mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. cool it was the first time he shot with larry smith who was uh the cinematographer on both Bronson and Only God Forgives. All right.
1: All right. And Deborah Kara Unger was in this one, too. Mm-hmm. We just talked about her a couple Who's, weeks
0: ago. I, I'm not familiar.
1: Um, Deborah She was Cara in The Salt and Sea with Val Kilmer. Uh, you know. Payback with, yeah. with Mel Gibson. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's uh-huh, kind of uh-huh. disappeared lately. Yeah. But yeah, she was in it. And James then, Ramar. Yeah, James Ramar was in it.
2: Too. He's
3: very good in
1: this movie. Yeah, yeah I love him. I adore him. I
2: didn't know that he was the original uh, Hicks in yeah. Aliens. Really? And, and, and in fact, yeah. there are still some shots of him from mm-hmm. behind that exist in the film. I could totally see really? that. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah.
3: he would f- make a good Okay,
2: w- original Hicks. Why am I not familiar with this? What does that mean? Well, uh, he was replaced by Michael Biehn because at the time, James Amar was having some trouble with some substances. Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So he was fired. Yes. Oh. So then, off of Fear X, we got Pusher two and three. Mm-hmm. Again, two thousand four and two thousand five. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Did we even say what the Pusher series is about for like anyone listening? Like, why Not should really, they watch no. Pusher?
3: Well, they're they're crime dramas. The first one is about you know drug. The first two are about drug drug pushers, drug dealers that are working for a drug lord played by Zlatko Burik, who is the main character. of The third one. So it's basically a, a crime saga.
2: They where... got James Remar hooked on the sauce, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, in,
0: pretty intense crime drama. <laughs> yeah, It's the sass. Yeah, he's the sass. Okay. All right. Sorry, I just want to. No, that's yeah, fine.
1: Contextualize. A little. Um. So after these movies, he moved on to TV, and okay. he did a couple episodes of Agatha Christie's Marple.
3: Yes, did, with Dan Stevens, believe it or not. Oh, right, didn't he right, absolutely yes. hate it? He did hate it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I just know of it. I've never seen it, but it did teach him a few things about working in television, which we'll get into later. <laughs> Obviously, he's good at it now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah! Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know we're kind of like just kind of breezing through some of these, but I think. You know, there's a few that we're There's a need few to we're really going to talk about. Yeah, out, yeah for sure. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course, the next one after his two episodes of Agatha Christie's Marple in 2007, NWR did the absolutely trailblazing, amazing film starring Tom Hardy Bronson. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which kickstarted his career as a dramatic actor, and is one that you I I can personally watch. Over and over and over. There's so much entertainment value to this movie, no matter how brutal it is, no matter how crazy it gets, this movie, I can watch it over and over
2: and over and over. Yeah, dude. Tom Hardy just basically makes power moves that entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. The screen can barely contain him. Uh, I know, man. His performance is just so great. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know what it was like, well, he's such a good actor, we're going to have to see how well he can act with masks on for (laughs) for Mm -hmm. like a couple of years. Let's just oh, slap man. him in masks for Mad Max and Dark Knight Rises and see, see I how he does. I didn't know
0: who Nicholas Winning Reffin was before I saw Bronson. I just thought it looked so good. And I mm. thought, Tom Hardy, who's this dude? He looks like he's having a blast playing this character. <laughs> yeah. Well, a real person. Yeah. And uh, it fascinated me just based on mostly Hardy's performance. He just looked so damn fun in it. And I had to see it. And I still didn't make the ca- connection until Drive came out. Oop sorry until drive came out later uh but bronson is a total blast very funny very very dark comedy and mm-hmm. also based on a very real person very clockwork yeah. orange also yeah yeah. yeah good yeah. comparison
3: the mixture of classical music and uh violence it was also the first time nicholas finding Ruffin started doing the digital versicolor soundtrack of synth neon music okay that You started to hear in later works of his where he was he actually composed the music
0: music for Bronson.
3: Um, It was just a collection of pre-existing tracks, I think. But Johnny Jewel and the Chromatics were on uh, a couple of them. Definitely "Digital Versicolor" by Glass Candy, which plays during the montage sequences and the end credits. So another
1: great collective. Um, Bronson always reminded me of A Clockwork Orange meets Chopper. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. about it right there. It's very yeah. influenced good by Chopper. Yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what Chopper is, it's about an Australian criminal, Eric, Chopper, yeah. going to prison, and the dude is an absolute whack job. Mm-hmm. Movie's hyper-violent but very very good yeah yet. based on a
0: real andrew dude dominic. again Yeah, uh, eric banna right played yeah yeah uh eric banna is rather thick in this role yes and he's extremely good yeah it's a really dark really insane movie and about a very real person
3: mm-hmm. yeah. that was andrew dominic's debut i think
0: oh shoot andrew dominic yeah who's, there's that name again
1: who, we winning. just saw blonde who so. just
0: did blonde yeah
1: right okay
0: Man, Wow, there we go. I finally
1: we're made connecting that all the dots yeah. tonight, you guys yeah. <laughs> We're a success, yeah, we've won the battle. <laughs> we don't sound like idiots for once <laughs>
2: now we can go sleep. so oh yeah, how do you, you follow
3: up Bronson? What do you do after that? Um, how
0: did Bronson do? It did
3: pretty i th- I think considering it's a small movie it it did well with the critics, and when I saw it at cinema Detroit, it was uh a fairly packed house, yeah. Oh, that's
0: good, because I, I feel like I didn't really hear what the reactions to the movie were. I just remember thinking it looked cool, and I thought I was like, well, I'm going to be the only person that finds this interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I probably won't find any uh, any other like-minded fans that might enjoy that kind of cinema.
3: I bought the Blu-ray at Best Buy. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I can't remember where I got mine now. I've, I've had that one a very long time.
1: This was one of those movies, I, you know, I didn't know who NWR was at the time either. Yeah. And i just saw the poster of tom hardy you know the kind of cut out with the light over him and he's bald yeah he yep. just said i'm like oh this looks cool <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch it and then i I fell in love with it yeah yeah and i think this was kind of really started to introduce the interesting visual techniques for him correct
0: Hmm. pretty nice use of color and contrast yeah a lot of black mm-hmm. um especially during the theater scenes Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A high contrast grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, visually, very cool too. Like, not only was the performance awesome, and the movie and the the writing really sharp, it it was uh, uh, nice to look at.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, he's as far as visual style is concerned, I would say if he's not the absolute top of the heap, he's easily in the top five of working today. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I've yeah. I really... Oh, man. I could... Yeah, I could... The the opening shot of Neon Demon, you're just like, oh, okay, all right, I'm already in this. Like, It's it's one shot, and I know that I'm in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing.
1: That's... Yeah. yeah. What was... Sorry, go ahead. So, no, as I'm looking over his, you know, resume here, his list online, it's kind of crazy how quickly... He, he's not like other directors that, you know, might release a movie every six years, every eight years, every ten years. Some directors, you know, do five movies in their career. Yeah. 96, 99, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2007, 2008, 2009,
0: 2011, 2012, 13, 16. Wow. He's not Sixth- taking a break. Yeah, yeah not no, at all. He
1: just, you know, and then Too Old to Die Young, 2019, and Copenhagen Cowboy, 2022. Damn. Good job. Where, yeah. Nice is work. Dude like, yeah, yeah. Consistently pumping out work.
2: He lives and breathes
0: movies, man. Yeah, he totally does. I mean, if you watch especially that behind the scenes of Copenhagen Cowboy, you you can tell he just he just lives for making movies. Like if he if he didn't make movies, he wouldn't even be a a person anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's just all he wants to do and all he thinks about and all he thinks in, I think,
3: is the language of, of film.
1: Mhm. So Andrew, what was next? Um,
3: Valhalla Rising. Is, oh, okay. Uh, completely out of I left field. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Like on the one hand, it's a period uh, Vikings epic, kind of surreal, sort of like an acid movie. On the other hand, it's a uh, it's kind of a return to the style of the Pusher movies, because the Pusher movies were very they weren't the neon colored characteristic style that you would see of his later movies they were more down and dirty handheld and a lot of whip pans and quick cuts almost like f- Lars von Trier what his style would be yeah which is interesting because uh Nicholas Finding Reffin's dad Anders Refn is Lars von Trier's editor really Ed- edited Antichrist and cool. uh House of Jackdaws*.
2: Christ I'll never watch again yeah. <laughs> there are some things once is just yeah, a- enough yeah once was fine <laughs> so, thank you
0: Lars Von Trier that was great I will not have another yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Valhalla
3: Rising was it was kind of like um, it was a Vikings movie with Moz Mikkelsen as this character named One Eye who is uh, basically being carted around for uh, kind of like Bronson he's being carted around to do fights for pay but he eventually breaks out and um, he and this Child uh, are together on this journey through the. Where was it at? In the mountains.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like it was it shot in the like Scottish mountains. Highlands. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, I wish I could comment more on Valhalla Rising, but I never actually watched it.
2: What stuck out to me because I watched it after seeing Drive is that the the one eye character and the driver. And, I mean, even, you know, you can make an argument for, like, Miles Teller in Too Old to Die Young and Mew yeah. in Copenhagen Cowboy. is It's a very similar, very stoic sort of character okay. who yeah. mm-hmm. violence happens around and because of this person, but somehow they're also your emotional hook, even though they hold you at arm's length. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. a fascinating character I study agree. every single time. yes. Mm-hmm part of his style is
0: is that kind of character like yeah. you know it's reffin and it's, it you rarely see that kind of character outside of his mm-hmm. films mm-hmm. and when
2: when other directors try to do that sort of a Snow stuff no one here is cool like just just look at the the mid tier work, uh, not mid-tier, like the, the mid-career work of M. Night Shyamalan, if you want to see what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, where everybody, <laughs> no uh-huh. one uses contractions when they speak, everybody stares blankly. <laughs> they just don't know how to talk. It's like, you Remote. can't do ref and Shami. just stop trying. <laughs> oh, Shami. Oh, thank you for the visit. We appreciate it. Can you get back to doing good stuff now? Yeah. All right, we'd appreciate it. Oh, split. Okay, that's even better. Thank you. You got to
3: see old. Old is something. <laughs> But I've yeah. never
0: heard somebody call him <laughs>
2: Shami before. Have <laughs> a nice Shamilama ding dong. Yo, Shami, oh, was- what you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. All so.
3: right.
1: Yeah. So the Rising was definitely kind of a like separate thing for him. It seemed yeah.
0: okay. So I. Uh, I think I started it a long time ago when it first uh, dropped on Netflix mm, so many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what happened, but I was like, man, I'm just not feeling this right now. I'll give it another shot.
1: (laughs) It's really slow. And then, like, several
0: years later, I still haven't
2: revisited it. It it feels like a dress rehearsal for Drive, really. It's kind of like
3: a Geary the Wrath of God since it's out in the mountains and it's so ethereal and so dreamy and drifting in and out of madness and hallucination. But... Again, very long, long-winded. Yep. Kind of a progenitor for what would or would not become the A Twenty Four movie. Mm. But more on that yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Um. So after this is the one that you know will probably really expand on the most. Yeah. Drive. Two thousand eleven. The constant rewatch. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: For uh, for how much money reasons. did we spend on that 4k set that came out was <laughs> like $80 a piece yeah dude i saw it listed <laughs> we recently we all bought it oh yeah we all bought it well, it's F- one of those yeah. few movies that's really it's like oh it's, a, oh it's 100 bucks for the set well it's drive okay it's worth it it's know? exactly
0: like you don't don't even show me the
2: price tag here's my credit card like take me away you man, could show yeah. me almost any other movie with that price tag and I'd be like yeah i'll wait for it to come on yeah. streaming but yeah. drive yeah i'll buy that yep
0: uh, I just saw it recently listed on eBay, I think, for about 230 bucks. Woo! Mm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I got mine for about 73 and some change, maybe. <laughs> Limited edition. Yeah. It, uh... So good. And yes. before we move on, the 4K is fantastic. Yes. It looks absolutely beautiful. And it uh, is one of the few, I think, uh, these days, uh, one of the few film- films these days where they... Um, Shoot on digital, transfer to film, uh, mm-hmm. transfer back to digital, and master it, uh, final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it looks like film. Yeah. It's not, but yeah. it looks like it. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the way the Batman looks and the way the Batman was shot mm-hmm. and finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just... Before we get into how much the movie kicks ass, <laughs> I love... <laughs> I just love the technical features of it and I think it looks beautiful yeah. in 4K.
2: It, it's gorgeously shot and the performances yeah. are fantastic and, and there's just something so tangible and muscular about the action in it. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's all done for real and, and I absolutely love that the shot of, you know, the the car actually, you know, smashing and turning 360 in the mm-hmm. air with Christina <laughs> Hendricks in the foreground was what? all real, no <laughs> yeah. green screen. Yeah. Like that is Kick ass on a, on a different level. Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: I think like this movie did a lot for NWR to make people aware of who he was.
2: Uh,
3: me, but- he won the best yeah. director award at Cannes for it. Right?
1: Oh, he and, did and, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice job. Ryan Gosling was not really like a big star at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. And this, I
2: mean, the Notebook. Kinda.
1: Oh, that's true. That yeah. was out prior. Yeah, to this. and he
2: did get an Oscar nomination for what was it called, Half Nelson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's you wouldn't right. expect
0: this out of Ryan no. Gosling at all. I don't think. Right at this time. No. You wouldn't expect him to be this kind of character.
1: Whenever I watch Drive, I'm always struck by the way Ryan Gosling acts in this movie because he doesn't have like a ton of dialogue. Yeah. No. But he does a really good job at yeah. just carrying. The screen and what's going on just by. I love how. The you, looking. Yeah. And oh, communicating man, so, with his eyes. He's so good with, at that. Yeah.
0: And great at that in 2049, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you started talking about his performance, something I always remember, two parts I always remember in Drive, they're just so intense and there's, and there's not much going on. It's his same stoic face. But uh, when he first confronts the. I can't remember his name now, but he's got the hammer and the bullet. He's yes. holding the bullet on his yep. forehead and he's shaking so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time you see him really angry. Right. Yep. And you, because, uh, he threatened, um, uh what's her name uh carrie carrie mulgan's son mm-hmm. and he was just like losing his mind because mm-hmm. he was like how dare you uh do this to this kid like, you recognize this you y- gave it to a little boy yeah and yeah it and he's just losing it and it's so cool and the other time is when the uh the uh pr- his previous i guess you would call client Recognizes him in the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and he like walks over to him and says, "I can't yeah. remember exactly what he says, but it, basically, do you want me to kick your teeth in, or do you yeah. want to mm-hmm. get lost?" It, it's just so badass. The
3: performance the supporting performances are really good in it. Also, uh, Oscar Isaac before he became really big yeah. as standard Gabriel. Like yeah, Albert first-
2: Brooks. Oh, sh- Albert Brooks was so good <laughs> in that. Yeah, he <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, got wow. robbed. He didn't. He should have got nominated. He Absolutely. Nominated.
1: Here's the thing about Albert Brooks is albert brooks can do like deadpan comedy yeah like that's like his wheelhouse mm-hmm. and you but you've never really seen him as a bad guy before and he takes yeah. that kind of deadpan delivery in this he transfers it from making you know humorous movies like defending your life and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he becomes this like just terrible yeah. terrible humor yeah. when he he's cuts, so good uh, at it
0: cuts open uh what's his name brian R- cranston, R- cranston? Brian yeah. another arm. great actor in this yeah. oh yeah like amazing and i didn't know him as the brian cranston at the time i had seen drive mm-hmm. but when albert brooks is cutting an open cutting him open it's very quiet like, Shh, it's, it's, uh, over. It's, it's, it's over, over. That's, it's over no it. no pain it's, okay. it's no <laughs> pain
2: yes <He is> so <laughs> creepy man yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and i love that he shaved his eyebrows for the part because oh he did yeah, really people okay. don't realize yeah. just how much emotion is yeah. inflected through your eyebrows so it makes him even harder to pin down yeah mm. as a character like what does he care about not care about mm. he he almost seems like a
0: like an alien in a way yeah like some kind of like predatory yeah. creature that isn't really human mm. mm-hmm.
2: and I love the first interaction when he holds out his hand and he's like my hands are dirty oh yeah so are mine yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: And Ron Perlman. I mean, Ron Perlman yeah. is mm-hmm. basically a cameo, but it's a very, very memorable cameo. You don't forget yeah. him as Nino.
0: Yeah, he's so good. The – uh oh, man. That that was one of uh, – I'm just – I just uh, love <laughs> that movie so much. We the could music, talk Drive for hours. Like the, we could the probably cinematography. Do, an uh, yeah, we could totally mm-hmm. do an entire show on Yeah, we could totally do an entire show on Drive. But I was going to say how awesome it was, the – um where uh he blasts him right off of that cliff base into the shore side Mm -hmm. and you got that the lighthouse light that's uh panning by in a few like pulsing increments Mm -hmm. and it's pulsing with the music like the soundtrack is also going in the same Mm -hmm. beat as the light Mm -hmm. it just that kind of shit he like he started doing a lot after that and like every movie he was doing something Mm -hmm. with lighting and music
2: it's a that man who understands sickness. that that music and mood and the visuals yeah. and everything they're all a piece of a whole and the more you can get those pieces in sync the more it hits 100% man like drive yeah.
1: is one of those movies that when every time i watch it i like remember why i like movies so much yeah, you know? yeah. because i'm like transported like i just forget that i'm on the couch i'm like totally invested in this thing mm-hmm. and it's one of those movies kind of like heat where you every time you you're watch it, the you're just engaged. You're engaged yeah. the entire time. Yeah. yeah,
2: it doesn't matter how many times you watch Drive, you don't want to get up to pee. Yeah, <laughs> ever, yeah. Ever. yeah, yes. Okay, can you bring me a bedpan, bed honey. A that, yeah, a, even when it's just two
0: characters staring out a window and they're not saying <laughs> a word for like a solid twenty-six seconds,
2: you're still like, oh man, I gotta watch every moment. Right, of this. right. Well, that was so, one of the things that Reffin did. First thing was he got the script sat down with the screenwriter and started removing a lot of the dialogue good mm-hmm. get rid of it we don't need it and we don't please, need it. We don't please. Need it.
0: I, I want to make a comment on that uh real quick well i don't know if it'll be real quick but something <laughs> i just adore about refin is how you know that every single second is purposeful in yes. his movies the the shot means something. The music means something. The silence means something. Mm-hmm. There's always a he always gives you time to process what's happening in between the beats, and, without having to deliberately tell you the story and spoon feed you what's happening the whole time. He the reason why it's so engaging, like you were saying, I think, is because he invites the audience in to to think about what's occurring and think Mm -hmm. about what the characters are thinking and think about what the story is or what the music or the mood is telling you or the picture is telling you. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, he's, he's a singular filmmaker. In that regard, because one of the things that you you notice, especially now, because there, there's so much just spoon feeding of entertainment, yeah. it's all content now. It's like yeah, right. It, it's right. almost like no people are afraid to make films nowadays. But half of the dialogue in most of the movies that you see are like characters regurgitating things to each other that they know about each other. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that they should already know. Yeah, <laughs> watch a Roland Emmerich movie one time with that in mind. Uh, yeah, and try to enjoy it. And they're just explaining <laughs> the story to you all the whole
0: time. Yeah, like, like, I know. Uh, Thank one you. One of
3: the trademark shots in uh, in Drive isn't the famous elevator scene. I mean, we could talk about that for yeah, You could, you could, t- you could talk about that for hours. But uh, just an early scene after they've had a day going around driving, looking at the river, and. He's about to leave, and they're just smiling at each other, looking at each other with yeah. googly eyes. Yeah. You, they don't have draining. to say a word. You
0: don't have to say anything. Yeah. I know what's happening. Yeah. I know this feeling. And yeah. the shot
3: just goes on and on and on, and and it. that's that's a very uh, characteristic of Refn to let a shot not meander, but let it run until something magical yeah, happens. Yeah, it's
0: so you can feel what it feels like. Mm-hmm. So you can feel what those characters are feeling and
2: feel that moment. Yeah. Right. Because you know what's going on in their head, they wanna say it, but they are also afraid to yeah. jump in too deep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that and that's really the the whole point of the film too, is it like characters holding back because they know if they jump in too deep he's just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Violence, motherfucker. Good point. Very <laughs> yeah. good point.
0: Especially, you know, with him just about to slam that bullet right into that dude's head. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. So I think we're going to have to say that we're going to dedicate an entire show to Drive. <laughs> to <play laughs> yeah. yeah I, we, it is one of
0: my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Well, so okay, of one course, of my
2: favorite yeah. things about that scene in particular is the fact that, I mean, it seems like it's for no reason, but he populates the entire scene with, with nude women. <laughs> <laughs> and... and but but what's yeah, most yeah. interesting is that it's not there for titillation factor. No, not at all. Their reaction to what's happening is so telling about how they feel about that dude. Yeah, yeah. You, you learn something about every woman in that room by yes. what they don't do. Yes, exactly. That
0: visual storytelling. Refn yeah. is the master, at, or one of the masters at it. Absolutely. There are a lot of masters, but I think right now is like a current working director. He's one of the best at. Telling you a story if you're paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, when you, If you're just getting, getting into Nicholas Winding and movies, watch everything, hear everything, pay mm-hmm. attention to every moment. There's all your something senses. being told to you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And
2: then watch it again and you'll pick up even more.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so after Drive, he did a short Gucci premiere. We're not going to talk about these short films. <laughs> Next up was 2013's Useless. "Not Interesting." Only God Forgives. Yes. Which, I'm going to go use the restroom. I'm going to let you guys get started okay. on this one. All right. <laughs>
3: uh, only, only God Forgives. Was, um, everyone loved? Drive. It was you know the hottest thing in town, and, uh, and then
2: everyone turned on him with <laughs> Only God. Forgives. Yeah, and
3: yeah. It, it started like he get. It was almost like he got on stage and let out a fart instead of <laughs> a, little, a little bit but only yeah. God could forgive this yeah. movie
2: like you hear a whole bunch of like these pre canned lines that seem you know just yeah just I mean I love vitriol that people I love have the movie
3: but as far as the reaction to it like whatever fan base he built up just with drive <laughs> you know the I, I don't want to use the term film bro but that <laughs> that whole that whole term of people that are just watching movies like Pulp Fiction or Fight Club or what are some other ones
0: it's a. Only God Forgives is a story about a whole slew of entirely unlikable characters. Just mm-hmm. reprehensible a-holes, it, yeah. including even the main if, character. Yeah,
2: even if Chang is one of the most interesting characters that he's ever conceived oh, of, he's phenomenal. Chang. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. so good. And just the fact that before each take, Refn would just whisper in his ear, You are God. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true? Yes. All right. That's why, man. Which makes you think a little bit more about the title, just knowing that that was going on behind the scenes. Okay. I mean, it's visually gorgeous and visually arresting. It's a movie that I love to look at. Definitely. Um, It it doesn't engage on the same emotional level that something like Drive or the Neon Demon does. And Mm -hmm. that was the Neon Demon, I think, followed this. A lot of people who really hated Only God Forgives, upon seeing the Neon Demon... Admitted that they wanted to go back and reappraise yeah. only God forgives because I the was styles were so guys, similar. For mm. sure,
0: because I was like, "Dude, Bronson Drive, yes, run away, God up. forgive." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then Neon yeah,
3: Demon, I was like, "Okay, we're back again. All right." Yep. Um, a lot of people still hate that movie. Only God forgives. Yeah, like I, I liked it the first time I saw it. it it's, I don't want to say it's a misunderstood masterpiece. It's a movie that I can totally see why. People from the other side would hate it. I can
0: tell you for sure, going in, my expectations were totally wrong Mm -hmm. for that movie. Uh, Rewatching it today, if I review it again in the near future, I'm positive I would have a different perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: reffing movies are not a see them and be done with them sort of thing. You kind of have to go back and revisit them because the expectations that you're going to bring in are from everything that's come before it, and he doesn't really... Repeat himself. Mm. He'll bring in yeah. similar themes and characters. You know, like you know, yeah, one similar. eye, the driver, yeah. you and all that. They seem to kind of have a common thread, but the situations that he puts them in, they're always they always connect different and and hit differently on an emotional level.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. always so much going on, and there's a lot of different characters with very strong motivations on their own. Yeah, and it's really fascinating to see how. He weaves them all together, sort of on that ape the, the crux of their his stoic characters, mm-hmm. kind of you know, spinning it all off from the middle. It, where only God forgives kind of isn't that, and I yeah. was expecting it to be more like
2: that, and it's I, it, it isn't really. no, mm-hmm. what really stuck with me after that one was this sort of Oedipus plot. With yeah. him and Kristen Scott Thomas, mm-hmm. yeah, a little weird. Like, yeah, every scene with the two of them on when they're together is palpably uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it is. Like, this is a woman yeah. who genuinely wants to like bone her son and eat his skull. Yeah, when she's done very with cool. him, like she's a she's just a, a human snake yeah. or Hard. praying mantis in that film. And it, it really mantis is very uncomfortable. A good, uh... Yeah
0: good
3: allegory right
0: allegory
2: yeah because they always eat the heads of their partners when they're done with them so So i've heard
3: a lot of uh critics compare uh chang to one eye uh chang being the uh, yeah yeah the cop in the in the piece it's Mm -hmm. set in thailand and basically it's about these american drug dealers one of them uh kills a underage prostitute and sets off a chain reaction of uh Uh, violence and crime between uh, the police and the criminal factions and it kind of balloons from there but mostly it's about uh, Chang being this stoic not evildoer but
2: karaoke singer Karaoke, yeah, very, karaoke yeah, a lot of karaoke in this movie. <laughs> karaoke singer who just you know massacres bros in the meantime. It's... Yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm kind of bored. I don't want to sing. Uh, you know, I will always love you again. So <laughs> I'm going to go beat the shit out of Ryan Gosling for 20 minutes. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, I, w- I will say honestly that was going into
0: it. Um, if you're if you're coming off the high of Drive and um, Ryan Gosling being just like unfiltered badassery in that movie. Yeah, he is definitely
2: not,
1: and only no, God forgives. No, no, he gets
2: his ass handed to. Him. Yeah, <laughs> big repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, over and over
1: and over because again.
2: Because you expect him to be the hero of the film because he yeah. is the name that it was attached to, and then as soon as you go into it, like this is not a Ryan Gosling movie no, at all. No, no, that this yeah, is Chang's my movie. My expectations
0: ruined my mm. experience.
1: I really actually enjoyed that shift though. Yeah, because it when they marketed it it kind of looked like it was going to be drive 2. yeah like the neon and all the you know
2: yeah they wanted to capitalize on yeah. it without really knowing how to put it out there terrible idea and mm-hmm. then i
1: went into it and i'm like this is totally different than drive and people were so mad at this movie yeah, yeah. i mean people wanted to hurt this movie Can't you just give me more? <laughs> yeah, of they, did. It or- they were so mad about this one
2: uh, many audiences don't really Know what they want, you know. They they complain about everything being all the same, but then they also complain about getting things that are too different. So I mean, mm. yep. It uh, and that's why you know, especially for a storyteller like Reffin, you really have to go back and revisit things because your first impression is not going to be your all time impression. Right, right.
1: Mm. So off of Only God Forgives, he did another short film, Hennessy XO, Odyssey. Hmm. Maybe he's no just drinking a
2: lot of cognac. Yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't drink alcohol.
1: He but um, no. 2016 gave us the absolutely phenomenal The Neon D- Demon. Yes. yes. The Neon Demon. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Drive, but I don't know, guys. You like Neon Demon more? I almost think I like The Neon Demon more. Very interesting. And okay. I, I've watched this movie more times than I have Drive, actually. Oh, okay. And I just... I. I think this movie's great. It is great. Even for Jenna Malone
2: peeing herself, huh?
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's even
3: further ahead (laughs) as far as his aesthetic, like the neon aesthetic that he was starting to push in Only God Forgives, Yeah. takes it to its logical extension and extreme in The Neon Demon. Do
0: you feel like Neon Demon is kind of his first sort of like uh, uh, dipping his toes in the water of... Horror a little bit. Oh, totally. I felt yeah. like that it, when yeah, I first saw it. It's a horror film,
2: and it's, it's a visual masterpiece on that level. Yeah, mm-hmm. it conveys so much. And the so music much. is so fucking awesome. Yes, the music is amazing. Music, oh, visuals, yeah. everything. Is... El Fanning is wonderful in it. Yeah, Kiana Reeves is appropriately yeah, <laughs> sleazy as hell. Kiana <laughs> Reeves earlier,
3: and yeah, the yeah, first time he's on screen, he's like, whoa, 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 so. Uh, whoa. So he was great in it.
1: Um, in but I end, mean. This was really his first time attempting to do horror, yeah.
0: correct? I think so. I don't know if he would say that. Maybe not. Maybe but not. But he, this was definitely getting, he was upping the tension and it was, he was upping the sort of, like, scare factor and... Um, and the transgression.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the, the brutality. and Especially the ending was just so weird. When, when she like throws the up the eyeball yeah. and the other chick picks it up <laughs> and eats it. It's yeah. kind of wow (laughs) i was like wow he's really going for it in this one yeah it's
3: it's got a necrophilia scene in the middle of it
1: that's right i i i'm a big fan of necrophilia tonight
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh neon demon is so good
0: um uh another thing too that i think he really started to do in this one uh was have uh, more focus on his love for fashion and wardrobe oh absolutely uh Copenhagen really like blew it up big time but um, I am also a pretty big fan of the fashion stuff I like watching the fashion shows on Netflix and everything I love the fashion contest shows I'm fascinated by wardrobe designers and costume designers I think they have uh a Kind of a missed job. Sometimes people don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love like from Neon Demon on, his wardrobe has been so awesome. Oh, even Drive too. Yeah. But especially with Neon Demon, that's where he started like really laying into the awesome fashion stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, no. and it's that the the way that it peels back the layers of that world and reveals yeah. just how predatory it is and yeah. everyone. Yeah, there, there oh, and are,
1: how vindictive these women are yeah. to each other. Yeah. Like they are, I mean, like it's cannibals, like. cannibals, man. Like, it's you're, you're claws out. The entire movie, it's claws out. Oh, yeah. They are like, oh, she's like the new girl on the block. Yeah, like, yeah you know, three, three
2: years younger down. than me. How dare you? The yeah. <laughs> other thing,
3: too, is uh, on, Only God Forgives, we started to see it, but then in The Neon Demon, and um, the, we'll get into it later with this television show, it started really introducing Femme Fatale's into yeah. his movies and shows yeah. dangerous women that on the outset you know might be beautiful or alluring and uh hide violence and vindictiveness and cunning
2: yeah cause jenna malone is one of the best screen villains yeah. Uh, oh, of yeah. like, the last decade in the Neon Demon. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, people talk about Mia Goth being a very fearless actress and recently with her string of like X and Pearl yeah. and, uh, and in, she's Infinity awesome. Pool. Yeah. She is awesome. I'm sorry, Jenna Malone <laughs> did it first. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I would agree with you there. Yeah. She kind of opened that pathway up, kind of that indie thing yeah. with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, she can do, you know, the mainstream fare, but then she can also make out with a corpse.
1: Mm -hmm. Very (laughs) cool. Completely creep you out. Big fan. I always forget that Carl Glussman is in this one, Mm -hmm. and he was in...
3: Gaspar Noé's Love. Love, Love. yeah. Oh, okay. He's in a lot of stuff now. He's like, he learned a lot from that movie. Yeah. he, He did what the role required, but didn't know how to act, and... But, then he took some acting lessons.
1: But I mean the three of us saw Neon Demon together. Remember, we did at the did, uh, at Troy MJR. Mjr. We went to the press screening. Troy. The three and of us. The reaction yes. okay. Yes, yeah. The that reactions the people had to that movie and, when we saw it. I remember, um, <laughs> you know, coming out of that and like we were all. The three of us, are like, oh my god, we loved it, we loved it, we loved it, and then like listening to these other people, like, ew. <laughs> I,
2: I, I love going to movies like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the first time that I ever went to a movie that had that sort of a visceral, like, bipolar reaction from the audience was The Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. where it was huh? our yeah. row who who got it and were laughing hysterically yeah. at all the right jokes, but then there were people walking out
1: mm-hmm. all
2: during the film. <laughs> you do you know what you paid to see? Like I don't get
0: it. Yeah, you, you know the movie you paid to yeah. watch. Right, I'm gonna right.
3: backpedal a little bit. There was actually a woman who sued Sony Pictures because of false advertising on Drive. She thought it was going to be like a Fast and the Furious yeah, film. Right. And
2: oh, I forgot about
1: that. Well, it,
3: it was thrown out of court, but she still they good. still hired a lawyer and I'm drafted gonna sue a complaint.
1: for my movie ticket. Mm, okay. Yeah. Get a life, lady. How dare yeah. you make a great movie? <laughs> I hope she's dead now. <laughs> no!
3: It's, too, it's just too funny to forget, you know? Uh, <laughs> One of those things, like, I had to bring I hope she's
1: okay. I hope she got an ambulance. Ambulance got
2: wrecked. I hope
0: she's okay and she's been enlightened to the uh, talent of Nicholas. William I remember.
2: hope she went and saw the neon demon.
1: Aww. Yeah, so, we got, about, we got a little bit of time left here, so we have two... Full shows to talk about. Okay. Uh, so, Let's do too it. old to die young. I've not gotten through the whole thing yet. God so damn, damn going Chris be, George. I know.
0: <laughs> Has such an awesome final
2: episode. Yes, it does.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll just watch the final and, episode. But
2: the no best don't. thing about that series to me, as much as I love the cinematography, the performances, everything, the thing that really stood out was... Billy Baldwin on that show became a cult icon in like five minutes (laughs) flat. And I don't know what the hell ref and saw into him because the dude couldn't act his way out of a paper bag back when he had a career he works as this character though like yeah fits but as soon as he shows up he's appropriately creepy cunning hysterical and predatory like Like, yeah it's all there he
0: feels gross like i can i feel dirty when he's on screen he's
2: like a human snot rag (laughs) yeah yeah Everyone Like, was, somebody hands it to you, like, here, you can clean off your hands with this. But, but this is Billy
1: Baldwin. <laughs> I don't want this.
3: <laughs> so, everyone was going on about uh, Miles Teller in the new Top Gun movie, and he's great in it. He no, is. No yeah. doubt. But I, I feel like we saw him first in Too Old to he Die Young. He
0: was so awesome in Too Old to Die Young, yes. man.
3: Yeah. As... like
0: the 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 evil driver almost mm-hmm. yeah i just... mean the driver isn't such a great guy either but i i think even what if it more made so... him a little sicker yeah a little, a little bit sicker yeah. yeah also too old to die young has one of the best car chases i've ever seen mm-hmm. and it happens to be on a tv show on amazon that nobody watched
3: <laughs> yeah 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 that show got buried
0: amazing soundtrack i knew I, dude i i knew i loved it when the opening scene of, or the opening shot of the first episode is just the camera ejaculating all over the neon streaks <laughs> on the hood of a car. Yeah, that's, like, that's all gonna... it was. It just slowly, uh, yeah, is very looking... slowly. Yep. And I was like,
2: yes, <laughs> neon porn. Longer, please, yeah. slower, <laughs> medium Let's pace. Do it more. Yeah, do it. yeah, just the two. Do it
4: more.
2: Do it <laughs> more. <laughs> And it was
3: a crime series about a uh, crooked cop whose partner's killed by the cartel, the Mexican cartel. And uh, as it turns out, his partner was working for the mob as a hitman. And they come to Miles Teller and say, "You, you got to pick up where he left off. You know, we, we have a bunch of hits that we got to do, and you owe us." So it kind of takes off from there. He's like, "Okay, I hate people. I'll do this." Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: yeah. and one of the best femme fatalities he's ever created yeah in the, oh, yes. oh my lord yes she is she's the she becomes the reason to really stick with that through to the end because as soon as she, as soon as she goes just full femme fatale unhinged it becomes intoxicating you have to know what's going to happen with her mm. yeah those, fantastic oh,
3: man yeah she like she goes to some uh uh sex trafficking operation and there's two prostitutes and like seven or eight guys, and she just comes in and takes them all out <laughs> very gracefully too, by the way, I should yeah add, yes. like...
0: I mean, in a way that only Reffin could shoot and makes it look beautiful mm-hmm. and at the same time also incredibly visceral and brutal. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I love seeing that Miles Teller is not like pigeonholed, mm-hmm. and I like the fact that his agent and him work together to like actually do different types of roles to Mm -hmm. do like whiplash and then to do awesome movie this and then to do top gun maverick like they're all ends of the spectrum yeah Yeah. and he continually does different stuff oh war dogs Mm -hmm. i haven't seen it really good i heard it's good it is really good jonah hill's great in it too but Miles Teller, just he has this thing about him.
0: I want to keep watching more of Miles Teller, man. Yeah. I love him every time I see him. The and, Offer. And his
3: movies are always uh, great. Bleed for This I've been hearing about.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bleed for This is good. It's not as good as other boxing movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really good in The Offer, that other TV show mm-hmm. about the production of The Godfather. He was phenomenal in that show. What's if you guys, that on? That was on Paramount.
3: Caramel Plus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So if you guys have not seen that, it's all about everything that went on behind the scenes making The Godfather Very in the casting. Um, the guy that played Mendias in Watchmen, yeah, plays uh, Robert Evans. Mm-hmm.
2: Matthew Good. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew Good. Because he was in Stoker. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Phenomenal. Like seriously, see, watch that series if you can. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 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 So, are we done talking about Too Old to Die Young? I think so. I think so.
0: Th- but just you got to watch it. Yeah. And between Andrew <laughs> an and I, neither yeah. one of us can figure out whether we like his next film series or Too Old to Die Young more. But one of these two, for me, is my favorite thing he's ever done. Yeah. Either Too Old to Die Young or Copenhagen Cowboy. I think my favorite's from him.
2: I, I think Copenhagen Cowboy is an easier sit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's one that you can binge in a day if you want to. Whereas, Too Old to Die Young, you've got several episodes within that series that are feature-length by themselves, and and it's not, like everything else that he makes, there's no easy answers, so you kind of have to take that time between episodes to kind of absorb it and then think about it.
0: Very, much slower paced than Copenhagen Cowboy. Yes, much slower Mm -hmm. paced. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, I've not watched all of Copenhagen Cowboy. I have about three episodes in right now. Mm-hmm. Like I was mentioning before we started our discussion here, the framing and yes. the lighting in that show is so cinematic. Just keeps mm-hmm. getting better. It's absolutely, it's actually amazing. And I watched the 4K down here, yeah. like mm-hmm. on Prime, and it's unbelievable the use of color yeah but i noticed just it's very beautiful to look at mm-hmm.
2: yeah and he does these things on a budget that's a fraction of most hollywood fare and i would rather watch the the legit beauty of the lighting in a refin film versus like the cgi vomit that you get from stuff like quantum mania yeah 100 dude all
0: day long Absolutely like,
2: like, oh, I'm gonna just go keep throwing stuff at the screen because the story sucks, and yeah. you're gonna remember this it's, instead. It looks so
0: flat and and just needlessly busy and Reffin really, like we were saying earlier, he boils it down to what's one hundred percent necessary like yep. the uh, the only things you need to tell the story right now he's showing you at an eleven. yes, mm-hmm. like if it's just two colors, he's showing you those two colors like yeah. at an eleven mm-hmm. and he's y- yeah.
1: What's so, funny is, and I don't know if anybody else realized this, but when I was watching, I got to finish the last half. But in those first few episodes, I don't know why, but I kept being reminded of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. It was something about the situation of her okay. being in that location mm-hmm. in with this strange... Family and all these goings on that yeah, are going on around yeah. okay. her, and right. all the these and, and stuff.
0: And the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah,
1: it's very Texas Chainsaw.
0: So you're only three episodes in. You still really haven't seen where all of those things start to coalesce, and you start to understand where yeah. everything's okay. heading because I think it is in the fourth episode where it really shifts and it starts picking up speed even more so Mm. and all of those weird things like the pigs and the family and all of the individual members of the family and what role they're playing in Mia's life and vice versa Mm -hmm. uh, really excellent storytelling and without deliberately handing you the story you have to figure it out and piece it together
3: and the more you piece it together the more fun it gets the thing about, we were talking about this when we were watching it, the thing about Refn's uh, shows and movies is they start out kind of nebulous, sort of vague about what it's yeah. about, who are these characters, and then it just sort of branches out and continues to branch and branch until it's like a big spider web.
0: Yeah, and it he relo- he expects you to figure it, it out, mm-hmm. which is so much yeah. fun. He's inviting you into the game. Like, come play. Yeah. yeah. Come Join join me, yeah, and figure out what this is, and it makes it so much more exciting that way. Mm. I think
2: it's always refreshing to be in the hands of a filmmaker who believes you're as smart as he is. Yes. He, yes, yes. The rest of the half of the movies that you watch, you feel like you're being talked down to. Like, oh, I might as well be watching Barney the Purple Dinosaur yeah. because they're trying to spoon feed me everything. <laughs> right. I'm smart this enough is, to yeah. figure this out. Yeah,
0: this is where the story's going. This yes. is what you need to know. It's Ugh. funny you
3: mentioned the purple dinosaurs. There's a lot of purple in uh, Reffin's work. Yeah, mm-hmm. man loves purples and blues, purple, and reds pink, blue. And yeah, mixing them all together in a kaleidoscopic way.
0: Mia, One. such Ooh, a, yeah. I, I just want to say how amazing Mia is as a character. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mia. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know the actress's name, but she's terrific in it. She's and super good. I'm kind of wearing
2: her coat right now. Yeah, you are. About that. Yeah, yeah, very similar to what
1: she Angela would wear. Angela Bundelovic.
0: She was fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: She yeah. reminds me very much of the girl from Pulp Fiction. Bruce Willis's girlfriend. Yes, yes. Every and, uh, yeah. Medieros, think,
3: yeah. The, yeah. Every time she's... Dave I think. Yeah.
1: Every time she's on screen because of that kind of short mm. hair and her body type, I keep thinking of her. She looks like her. So, yeah. so this really is does. really just
2: me use Quest for a pot belly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, Chris, but the last episode of of Copenhagen is just bananas.
2: It is absolutely bananas. Yeah,
0: uh, and he does something with sound design for a particular... Have you seen Mia fight in it yet? No. Okay, oh, I think that's the fourth episode is when you first see her okay. in combat. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that to happen. Like, I wasn't, you know, like, this isn't going to be... Like this big john wick action movie or anything mm-hmm. and it isn't but like i was not expecting the action choreography to be so good mm-hmm. and i think the first time Reffin has really done like close quarters combat like martial arts almost uh uh well i know he probably didn't do the choreography specifically but i think it's the first time he's really had it um showcased in his work before but i was gonna say he does something amazing with sound design with the fight with uh, Chang. Guess, yeah. Um, that I haven't seen done before in a movie. And I was like really impressed by how cool that was and how bold of a choice mm-hmm. that was to mm-hmm. mix the audio for that fight scene that way.
1: One thing I did notice about this show is how unique everybody in this movie looks, too. Yeah. Like yeah. Nobody in this movie looks like somebody you've, or in this show, nobody looks like somebody you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Everybody has this very kind yeah. of... They
0: have a a style that's yeah. stuck to yeah. the whole... It's like an
3: extraterrestrial aura. Yeah. yeah. That they like have.
0: Very, Each one could be like the, its own action figure. Like every character yeah. is that cool.
1: And very brave of him to cast her in that role, mm-hmm. because a lot of time you don't get that. Like, she's not your average-looking yeah. female lead. Yeah. Like she's she's very, no
2: Hollywood starlet. You know, This is right, an actor right. who's playing a part flawlessly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's beautiful in her own way. Yeah. yeah, you know? um, Very unique-looking. Uh,
0: was Most of this movie, I think he said, was street cast. Yeah, yeah. So he, a lot of the actors were first-time actors. Yeah. yeah.
3: That was kind of going back to his pusher days was street casting where, yeah, there'd be some experienced actors in it, but a lot of them were just people that he saw on the street. And... Yeah.
2: Even cast his own daughter in it. Yeah. That's right. She, she didn't know that she was being auditioned. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: He tricked her into being cast into Copenhagen Cowboys. And she was excellent in it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Another thing
0: really unique about Refn, too, reminds me of her casting, is that he almost always, if not always, uh, shoots his his entire production linear. Mm-hmm. From beginning to end, narratively, from beginning to end. And he didn't realize until much later in the production that they were going to incorporate that coffin and that resurrection sort of thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it, but they just kind of decided we're going to use this coffin thing for something and we're going to incorporate it into the story in some way. And it was this nice improvised way of making the story even cooler than it might have ended up without it
3: kind of how the neon demon went like the neon demon was written on paper the way it was but they got on set and started making all these changes like the ending they came up the ending we see in the movie they came up with on set that's awesome
2: that's so cool and so gross
1: (laughs) 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 so i'm gonna try and finish this thing this week if i can
0: you'll love it yes yeah the last three episodes are so awesome i'm almost there
1: I'm almost there.
0: <laughs> what are we looking forward
1: to this year, man? I don't know anymore.
3: Uh, I,
0: I want to see Bo is
3: afraid. Bo is afraid sounds interesting. Yeah,
0: definitely want to see that. I want to see the Flash, but uh, and this is gonna sound so dorky and it might <laughs> divide, divide the audience big time. But I am. Psyched out of my gourd for uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Rebel Moon on Netflix. Oh, I think that'll be great. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I am dying to see a trailer, uh, like a full-length trailer, because there is some small amounts of footage from it uh, out there.
1: I'm just sad that they didn't let him make a Star Wars movie, because that's what it was supposed to be. That's what it was supposed to be. Like, come on, let somebody make a Star Wars movie.
0: I'm almost kind of, you know, I would have loved it as a Star Wars movie, but I think I love it. Even more that uh, he's just doing his own thing now. Mm-hmm.
2: I think we've had enough Star Wars. I, I mean, when you look at how had the enough Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> when you look at how the Disney Plus <laughs> series are being received and like the numbers just keep tanking and tanking. I think there's an element of fatigue there. The MCU is experiencing yeah. a lot of the same stuff. Me too man. people are hungry for original stuff and that's why it's so sad to see things like copenhagen cowboy and too old to die young kind of die on the streaming vine yeah. and not enough people are hearing about it i'm mm. surprised
0: mm. that it's not doesn't seem to be doing as well on netflix like nobody's really talking about it except for just nicholas winning revan
1: fans yeah. because there was no promotion for it they just I, kinda and they kind of just dumped it i feel like you know? people would
0: really love it so i yeah. did check reactions for it after i had finished um i follow a bunch of different subreddits just to see just to keep up on things because I'm not on social media mostly, but um, uh, the reactions to Copenhagen Cowboy for the very few people have seen it seem to really like it a lot yeah. but there's not a lot of people watching it. It's like, dude please, it's only six episodes it's yeah. yes. very unique, really cool. Yeah. Please watch the show
2: it's so awesome. And so if you're listening and you haven't seen it, get on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely yeah, get on both of them actually if yeah. you
3: have uh, you know Dolby 4K Dolby Vision Dolby Atmos, Ooh, yes. uh, it it supports both of those formats. So and
2: it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, it, it, when you have a director who's as brilliant with color as Refn, 4K is the only way to go. Yeah, mm. it's yeah,
0: man. Yeah. Always, I can't wait to see what he does next. I'm always thirsty to see what he's coming mm. up with next. I
1: don't know if he's got. Let's see if he's got anything on. His schedule. We need he, another feature. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. He did a, yeah.
3: a Prada short called Touch of Crude. Which yeah, we was watched that. Yeah,
0: that was very cool. Yeah. His daughter was also in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his daughter and his wife. Yeah. Yeah, and, and his, wife. Yeah.
1: Le Italians. Le Italians. Oh yeah, but oh, it's a TV series. Oh, another okay. TV another series. Another TV okay. series he's directing. Yeah, I really hmm.
0: want to see him get into like hard sci-fi or horror. Mm-hmm. so yeah. bad and that's a selfish <clears throat> thing he can do whatever he wants yep. Yeah, keep yeah, making whatever it is you're making because it's awesome and I love it every time but just selfishly I really want to see him do just a straight horror or sci-fi or some mix of the two I don't know mm-hmm. Yep. but I, I really want to see him like dude give just feed this man money and let him do whatever he wants let please. him make
1: something that take something that's like really popular and do his own thing with it
3: Subvert expectations. Yeah. You know, you, you think you're seeing this, and then you get the rug pulled out from under you, and you're not sure... Not quite sure how to
2: take it.
1: Like if we're gonna get a Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh like, man, recoil, like, <laughs> yeah, Give it yeah, to him. Give it to him, yeah. dude. You he know? would be
2: so awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to knock the Suspiria remake, but when I heard they were considering it, I was praying that it was gonna be Reffin and the director, yeah. chair because oh, right. I know that he's such an yeah. Argento fan.
0: Well, yeah, uh, Luca Guadagnino. Yes, Guad- 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 I'm yeah. sorry, Luca I'm butchering Guadagnino. his name, yeah. but uh, I think he, he doesn't did mind you're talking awesome about him. An awesome job, <laughs> and I love the Suspiria remake yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, it was phenomenal. It was yeah. very, very good. Bones
3: and All is one hell of a movie,
0: too. I still need we to watch We just talked that. about that the other day. Yeah, At I work. still need to watch it. I keep forgetting.
1: Yeah, Bones and All is great.
0: I think I'm probably going to watch The Whale next. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's on my list for sure. I really want to see that and mm. Bones
1: and All. You want to get your dick knocked in the dirt, watch The Whale. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: that's Aronofsky, though. That's what's going to yeah, happen, man. Yeah. He yeah. ruins your day. He really does. Yeah. (laughs) It was a
1: very, very hard watch, and I can handle anything. Oh, yeah. I've seen Martyrs three times. Yeah, me too. Never (laughs) going to watch it again, but it was... Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. No,
0: I will. But Martyrs is uh, not a fun new Mm -hmm. movie
2: to watch. I remember when uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake came out, and the tagline was the feel-bad movie of Christmas. I'm like, that could be every Aronofsky (laughs) film. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good advertisement for that movie. Those trailers yes. were
1: great. All right, gentlemen. Another great episode. We'll be back next week with episode 141. I have no idea what we're talking about same yet. Bat yep. Same bet time, same bet channel. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you, Mom.
2: <laughs> Everyone loves you. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.